like as a bass player, it's just, <laughs> I've never, I've never had any complaints. Dude, uh, you, you, I mean, I mean, you're a guitar player, working you know, at you that your whole same, life, yeah. the same thing, but. Uh, I'm, I thought, did you just turn the heat up in here? Yeah, I think they just kicked on. Are we tracking, by the way? Oh, we've been tracking for a minute. Yeah, we've been. We've been gonna have a nice twenty minutes to cut out of this fucking thing. deepest, darkest secrets right to my fucking. I mean, hey, man, this is what we do, you know. And then cut it out and don't put it on the internet <laughs> unless I. I know you're saving all, all saving these archives somewhere. You know, it's interesting. I do have all the episodes archived, the original. but I, I cut out all the stuff, you yeah. know, and I don't bother to save it. So no, like that, there's that's just memory. There might be need. some sort of like metadata and I, and I back, you know, I don't keep them on my like main hard drive, but, uh, I wonder if I could ever go back in and get some of the, like the raw recordings. That's in, I've, I've, I don't know That'd be pretty how funny. like, uh, undestruct or destructive or non-destructive Ableton is with that. Or yeah. It was when we, cause we, it's gone through how many revisions since we've been doing this dang right. old show for nigh on three years. Yeah. Almost. Speaking of shows, you know what time it is. It's time, it's time for gear butts, gear butts podcast. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Gear buds podcast episode 158. Wow. Wow. Nice. Wowzers. Nice work. Hi. I'm hey. Henry. Hi. I'm Dave. You're Dave. Hey. I introduced myself show. today. That's you great. Did. You're growing. I am. Let's grow into this episode 158. Let's get into it as I wake my cat up on yeah, the couch with my big old yelling get excited. symphony of corrections. Here we go. Here is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you, far and wide, young and old, ugly and beautiful, somewhere in the middle. Thank you for listening to this. We love you deeply so, so much. Follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. And sometimes we remember to shout people out. I didn't remember to, I know some people have said stuff to us this week and I forgot to write it down. But if okay. you did, hey, we still love you. Thanks. Here we go. Let's get into some stuff. Uh, this is an update on something we've been tracking because uh, we are big fans of right to repair around here, especially yeah. when it comes to the old iPhones. Yeah. And it took oh, several Macintosh. months, but. Apple's uh, <clears throat> self-service repair program. It's finally available here in the U.S. of A. Uh, if you have an iPhone 12, 13, or third-gen SE, you can now buy key parts such as batteries, cameras, and such hmm. uh, from a dedicated store. You can e This is interesting, too. You can buy the tools, of course, which you, you'll, you will need to do if you don't have them. Yeah, right. They're special little Very specific. Baby, baby little noggin heads uh you can even spend 49 dollars to rent a toolkit for a week so that's you don't have cool. to buy the whole thing so that's i think cool. that's awesome i got the little screwdriver kit for, yeah i actually just like tightening the screws on the back of my uh macbook because they come loose oh and they'll fall out that's that's a hot dave tip right hot there. tip right there check them once in a while uh, this will expand to other countries including uh europe uh, later this year uh also oh that's right yeah there will be mac parts as well as uh some other stuff in the future, but I did learn that, that it's only Macs, or I should say Apple computers with Apple Silicon. So no longer Intel uh, processors. You can't so buy any personal newer stuff. stuff. Only for the new stuff. I got you. Okay. Um, which, you know, makes sense. But um, this is a little update. I have now learned that Google and Samsung launching their own 
versions of this as well to keep up with Apple. So it seems like this is going to become a thing that for everyone, not just us iPhone users yeah. and Apple users, it's going to become. Well, I, I remember getting very excited about replacing the battery on my laptop because I thought it was going to be two hundred dollars, and mm. then they're like, "Oh, it's going to be like five hundred because and, of the labor." Or? Uh, there's like a labor, or there's like a whatever you call it, a uh, labor charge. And then there's like the, uh, like an insurance type charge where it's like, Hey, if all, like if we fuck this up, sorry, like, oops, oops. Uh, mm-hmm. here you go. Here's the pieces. <laughs> um, so I didn't end up doing it, but, um, I, I think a battery would be a bit, that's going to be a popular one. And, and there's YouTube videos of how to do it now. Yeah, of course. But you know, it'd be nice to officially support it with official parts. You don't yeah. have to get questionable origin, yeah. whatever crap that right. you were thrown in before. So cool. I'm into it. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know what else I'm into today? Willie Nelson's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy Willie. 89th birthday. I thought it was 90th, but I, I believe he was born in 1923. So oh, wait, cr- no, 1933, because 23 would be 99 years. I was at a record store buying, you know, just random records. And like in the 99 cent rack, they have all these old Willie Nelson records from wait, like. No, that would be 90, right? Yeah. Tw- for 20, th- from 1933, because the zero counts as a year. 33, it's 2022. Well, I guess yeah, that's yeah, it'd be twenty twenty three. So it's eighty nine. Yeah, but um, it's it's amazing how far back his catalog goes when you look. Oh I mean, yeah, it's, he was like this like session guitar player guy, clean like, cut songwriter. singer man. Yeah, with the short hair, it's mm-hmm. just crazy to see on those old album covers. Yeah, so celebrate. That's I'm pretty pretty stoked. Sparkling he's still, up he's still doing it. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, I have to go the other direction though with uh with an R.I.P. because we lost someone. You might I'm sure you saw it uh, within the past. I think it was maybe actually right before we recorded last week. But uh, Cynthia Plastercaster Albright and oh the Plastercaster at the age of 74, a bona fide rock and roll legend. Yeah. Uh, it been brought up in many documentaries I've oh, watched yeah. through the times. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, very famous for what we would... I, it was art. It oh, was yeah. an artistic practice of uh, taking plaster casts of famous people's ding-dongs. Yeah. Inclu- oh, but also, it, I didn't know this. It, later on, she she did some ladies' breasts and such as oh, well. Oh, that's cool. It wasn't, she expanded it wasn't her, just wieners. Uh, okay. Yeah, wasn't yeah. Jimi Hendrix like one of the first or something? Hendrix was the first, yeah. and she said, oh, wait, I think I might have even written a quote down of this one. Let's see. Did I do it? Uh, following a few experiments on some friends, Hendrix became her first in 1968. In her diary, she wrote, we need a ratio 28 to 28 and found this just barely sufficient. He has just about the biggest rig I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised, right? Uh, I didn't know this. Zappa, after that, mm-hmm. took an interest, moved her out to L.A., and then she went on. That's when she, you know, did like. That's funny. That might have been in the Zappa documentary. I think, I think it that's, might have. I might have heard yeah, that. I forgot. Uh, Wayne Kramer from MC5. Uh, I, Jesus Lizards, David Yao. Okay. Um, Jim Croce. Dozens right? of these. Yeah. Um, and, but then also L7s, Susie Gardner, and Sally Timms of the Mekons, who, incidentally, I met this past summer. So that's cool. That's pretty cool. What didn't uh, Kiss have a song called like Plastercaster or something like that? Kiss had Plastercaster and Jim Croce had five short minutes. Right. Which uh, were about included the line. She casted me in plaster while I sang her a tune. Yeah. And Dave got to tell you, she had a there's a Dave's doc. 2001 documentary Are you serious? plaster cast. Oh, well, I got to watch this. Yeah, especially I because, it. I mean, I, also, I'm sure you know this too. She was a Chicago lady. Mm-hmm. You know, she came from here, moved out to LA, but then yeah. moved back here eventually. I've been in the same room as her in the past. I, I wouldn't claim that I know her, really met her, but I've seen her before. I, and, uh, she, but she was very popular. She's gregarious. So you go to any sort of music fest or right. most she big just shows, was she was probably yeah. there. I, there's going to be some good gear spotting in that one. So, dude, 2001 plaster caster. I can't wait to hear about it. I, last thing I've got to say. She freaking ran for mayor. 
Uh, where? Here. Oh, really? She ran for mayor of Chicago Damn. in 2010 on the quote hard party ticket God, with slogans funny. like erect Cynthia plaster caster and hard on crime. Erect Cynthia. Dude, that's amazing. Rest in plaster. Rest in plaster. So with that said, speaking of Dave Stocks, I'm going to talk about Dave Stocks, Dave Stocks, Dave Stocks, Dave Stocks. Voodoo. Uh, What's up? This is a good one. Is it? Yeah, I got, got I got kind of excited. Found some YouTube. I did some YouTube deep dives because I wanted to know more about this artist. I heard him on the radio the other day, and I was like, I wonder if there's a doc about this guy. Uh-oh. There kind of is. There kind of isn't. Mm-hmm. So I had to hodgepodge a few docs together. You made your own. Watched a couple videos. Did a little research. Well, read well, an article. A pastiche. Um, Hank, what happened to Billy Squire? Oh, are you a I, Billy Squire fan? I, I listen. Guy's I'll, got some bangers. I'll tell you dude. what I know about Billy Squire. Okay, please. I know very little other than uh, he had some hits that I know from classic rock radio, and one of those I thought was a Robert Plant song yes. for a very long time. He was time. often compared to Led Zeppelin. So that is literally yeah. all I know about Billy Squire. What can you tell us? I can tell you this. Uh, well, some of those hits you might have noticed. Mm-hmm. I'll say them right off the top. Everybody Wants You. Which one is that? Everybody Wants You. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then there's uh, Lonely as that's, the Night. That's, that's a the big one that pops Robert Plant head. style. Yes. Uh, the Stroke, which is oh, Stroke with, Stroke yes. with. And then uh, My Kind of Lover, which is another big one. Four monster hits. Huge hits. Uh, you can you always hear them on the radio. I didn't even know what the guy looked like. I'll be honest. I, I think I picture him with I picture long him looking, black hair. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah, like a, a less attractive Robert Plant, but like in, with darker hair, basically. Yeah, yeah that's kind of his look. Um, what's interesting is uh, every i think he hasn't done a doc or like many interviews because he's notably like a recluse non-interviewer he hates the media interesting he hates the at talking about the music business when when was his reign of power he was uh it was really just like 81 uh to or 80 was his first record that didn't do much and then he did four more albums in five years from 80 to 84 oh i think he was done by like 88 wow maybe okay. even sooner than that um and, and, that, and, and then just bailed. And that's an interesting story. Okay. But first he was- Where's he, fr- where he from? He's from Massachusetts. And then he went to Berkeley for music. Oh. So he was going to be a music teacher. And then he's like, maybe I'll just be a rock star instead. Maybe I'll just write some hits. Uh, he, he met a band, uh, I think at school called, and they, they called themselves Piper uh, from 76 to 79. I didn't listen to them, but I'm, you know, they all had like the cool long hair and nice <laughs> cheekbones. Um, oh, oh, a reviewer from Circus Magazine claimed that their debut- is the greatest debut ever released by a rock band in 1976. Wow. Well, Piper. Like, come on. What I mean, think of all the debut albums. That's what I'm saying. Until I've, got 1970. To, I've got to listen to it. I got to listen to it. I didn't. Uh, they didn't play any of it in the dock, but whatever. So they got to open for Kiss in like 77 mm-hmm. at M- Madison Square Garden. Like they had some big shows. Uh, basically, then he was like, all right, I'm out. Um, I'm going to go do my own thing. He revamped the entire band. So 80, he had a record um, in 81, and that didn't do much. And then in 81, he released a record called Don't Say So, My Kind of Lover. Uh, it had My Kind of Lover in the dark and in the stroke on it. So that was like a massive wow. fucking hit. Platinum record. Then he released another platinum record like a year later, um, which actually had Andy Warhol did the artwork cover, which is it's a pretty cool cover. It's like Insane. a portrait of his face and with like all these crazy no colors way. and shit. Um, so that was pretty cool. So then they, then they get pretty big. They've, they're like, 
they're opening for Def Leppard like before Def Leppard released Pyromania. So wait, I'm sorry if you covered this and I yeah. was I was thinking of my next question for you. Sure. Uh how did they transition from Piper to Billy Squire? He just like left. They didn't really get into it. So he didn't have any of his He's old like, bandmates in there and No, he the, he, he fired had, the whole band. Okay. He's like I'm going to do my own thing, call it Billy Squire and then hire all new bandmates. Okay, I've got a just kind of a, a sidebar. Bold move. How do you how do you feel about band name versus just your name as an artist i don't i like the band name more i i was i had a feeling you were gonna say and that i don't you seem like I, a band guy and i really don't like when it's like something in the something even though i'm in a band called johnny and the creeps or sure. i was what russ moved but like you know i've been in those bands it's but that's more of a joke i've been in, yeah i've been in an band. and band you know i'll say this i think i used to I, I used to feel the exact same way. Yeah. I think the older that I've gotten, I kind of started to think it's a little more badass if you could just like, if you can pull off because like just going by your own name, because when you think about it, it's like no one's no, no one's just going to like you, you could get your friends to be in a band called the, the dick dongs. Yeah. And, and everyone will show up and play for free. But like, if you wanted to, call, and you could still write all the songs, it would be the exact same thing. Yep. But if you called it Dave Veller, no one's going to show up for free for that. You know what I right. mean? Like at this point, like you, you have to hire a band. And so you if you can pull off. And then the work is on your shoulders to make sure it's, it's got to be as, as amazing as it can be. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot more pressure. So if you can pull that off, I, I've kind of started to think that's a little, that's kind of badass. Yeah. Because or, you can afford to pay, pay a band and, and take care of everything yourself and write the songs and tr- trick people into thinking you're that important or whatever you know what else is kind of cool when there's like a guns and roses situation where axel rose is like the singer but the band's called guns and roses like I, that's kind of cool too. Mm. well that's that, i mean that, well, was, that was la like guns LA, plus right it was a whatever their band the but it's band still like kind of cool that like it's like all right the name is in the title of the band oh wow and the singer has the so name. you could be like um i don't know what would you be like the vellerman oh you just absolutely nailed yeah, it. Yeah, I I would one hundred percent be in a band. Would you go? The would Vellerman. you go see the Vellerman? At the, my Golden only Dagger? problem is that it's very close to Dave Ellerman's name. It is, and we often joke about that. The Vellerman. It's it's actually really old. Um, so here's where it gets weird. Did you know? I'm just. I'll cut this part out. Did you know yeah. that he didn't he he didn't like me for a long time? Yeah, I heard. You. Okay, back to cut. Uh, what do you got for? Sorry, so this I is took where this, way it, this is where it gets really time. interesting, man. So. So they opened for Def, Def Leppard yes. before they released Pyromania. So they got huge. Was that Def Leppard's first big record? Mm-hmm. I think it was okay. like the, the biggest one. Yeah. So they were like, they're like, all right, fuck this. We're headliners now. Um, then, so then they had like a couple years later, they were having Rat. They were opening for Rat. No, Rat was opening for them. For Billy Squire. Right. But then Rat got huge. So like they were kind of taking these bands under their tours hmm. and then like they were taken off, which was interesting. But here's where the whole thing stops, dude. So there's a video out there called rock me tonight and you've seen this i watched it because i had to because this is like this is the reason his entire career came to a screeching halt he made this video called rock me tonight mtv released a book called i want my mtv in like 2011 and it was just about like the history of music videos and that kind of stuff and when they they couldn't agree on what was the best video ever made but they all agreed what was the worst video ever made. No way. Billy Squires, Rock Me Tonight. Guys, pause it and put it on right now. I'll give you a little overview. In fact, the book had its a whole chapter dedicated <laughs> to this video. The MTV, History of MTV book, had an a, entire chapter just about Billy Squires' correct, video. Correct. Oh my God. Okay, so Rock Me Tonight. what happened. Um, so it was directed by this guy named Kenny Ortega, who his girlfriend at the time suggested he should work with. Uh, Kenny Ortega went on to direct high school musical films. Okay. So that, you know, huge, he's done huge budget films done afterwards. Um, the video sank his career. 
basically the label well okay let me explain the video so he wakes up in sat, pink satin sheets and he puts on a pink t-shirt and he's in like this kind of weird pink bedroom and he just starts dancing around the room like okay. choreographed like think of like the dancing in the street video with Mick Jagger and David Bowie Oof. but like even worse worse yeah way worse and he's just by himself and this I'm fast forwarding I'm like this is the whole video finally he gets a pink guitar and he joins his band and they rock through the end of the song. Now, I will say, this song fucking kicks ass. Actually, it came on my shuffle the other day because I had to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it's a great song by itself. The video, we don't know what's going on. I've, I can't even imagine this. I, can't, I don't think I've ever seen it. This guy was like, I mean, you're talking about Billy Squire, this badass rocker. Like, everybody loved him. He's like the top of the thing. And in the 80s, it wasn't as cool to be a little flamboyant like hmm. he was. And I think it drove away like half of his family. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a sad story. Um, the label thought he had lost his way. They didn't talk about drugs or anything, so I don't know if any of that was related to it. But the label was like, yeah, if that's the direction you're going, we're just going to... They basically made it very hard for him. They changed all like the rules within the contract, and he's like, fuck you guys. And so they basically just ended up oh my God. going separate ways, right? So that was the end of his career. He said, I'll never play... I still have my guitars, but I'll never play music again, which we're going to get into that in a second. He played... Uh, then... So it's kind of sad. You're like, geez, man, That's the guy horrible. was like literally one of the greatest like rock stars. And I watched some live videos too. I mean, the dude can fucking rock, man. Um, so then he, uh, it turns out he did end up picking up his guitars again. He did the uh, the Ringo's All Stars show in 2011. Okay, I've, um, I've seen Ringo a couple times, and he does the stroke. And it's actually it's like a seven minute rendition, and it's fucking awesome. I watched it, and he's you know he's aged and cut his hair sure. off, and but he looks fantastic, and uh, it, it's a really fun performance to watch. So. I didn't bring that much with the Dave stock. So I did a little extra research because I'm like, it's an interesting story. Well, you know story. what I'm realizing? You, you've actually, you've turned Dave's docs right on its head. Yeah. You, you, you sought out a subject and there didn't I made it. exist a doc. So you, you've, you're in, in a sense, you've created your own Dave's doc. In a way. Yeah. Because I used like, you know, I found some guys, which I will shout out. I found another kind of like rock and roll doc kind of guy. On YouTube? On YouTube. Guy or girl. I think it's a man. Uh, it's called The Golden Age of Hard Rock. Okay. It's a channel on YouTube. So it's worth following. It's a lot of stories like that, you know, where they're just like, here's a here's a 12-minute video, and we'll use photos and music to kind of tell the story. I love a good YouTube I love channel. It. Shout I love out. it. And, and in that case, you know, if this is fair game, then I'm like, there could be docs for pretty much everything out there, you know? So, That's right. So I thought that was cool. Um, so... So listen to Rock Me Tonight, because the song fucking rules. Watch the video. Maybe we'll watch it after this. Yes. Um... But I came along a because I wanted I was like, well, I saw a couple bursts. I saw a couple Les Paul bursts yeah. and I was like, all right, I, I think this guy's got good taste. So in gear, which some, is kind of what everyone he's was got playing. Some the solid Vintage Guitar Magazine did in 2015, did an interview with him. Hell yeah. And they go through his list of gear. And, and if you look it up online, there's photos, not great ones, but like one of each guitar, just kind of like the full body shot uh-huh. of each guitar. Let me read off this guitar collection to you. I'm afraid. It's everything, dude. Okay. 1956 Les Paul special. A 1952 Les Paul refinished before he purchased it, apparently, Mm. in green. Wow. With all the cream uh, ornaments. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous. And like a cool green, not like a a pickle green, not like a (laughs) bright green or anything. 1956 Les Paul Jr. So that was the first page. Flip the page. 65 Rickenbacker 330. uh, A 51 Nocaster, which is... That's for the, the Telecaster, the yeah, 1960 Telecustom. Well, it's between it's between the Broadcaster and the Telecaster. Yeah, it just didn't have a logo or yeah. something. Um, 
1960 telecustom so that's with the binding and all that good stuff that's you know in my brain yeah if i were to have pictured him with a guitar that's what i would i would have seen what's funny you mentioned that because in the article they talked about he used that to record like on every album okay so that that is what you hear uh and then a 58 les paul standard burst Mm. and then a 58 les paul gold tops and if they showed a uh, gold top and they show the picture of it and it is like beat to fuck i had to zoom in on the picture because i couldn't even tell what color it was that's the uh, that's and it's it. with the original PAFs and then a 63 Strat bl- uh, blonde with rosewood. I mean, the guy and it, dude's got some taste just in this article alone. I was like, fuck yeah. Now, here's the kicker in nine in the 80s because he was such a fucking rock star. Kramer approached him about designing a guitar. He designed a, and you'll have to kind of imagine it here because I don't have a photo. It's a one piece neck and body. So with the Kramer pointy headstock uh-huh. uh, blocks down the neck. Then what looks kind of like a Les Paul body, but I think not to get sued, they smushed it like vertically. Mm. So it's almost like droopy looking. Mm. It's pretty fucking ugly. Um, but that was his. Oh, and it with a one P90 and a collar trim, of course. What a guitar. And the P90's down at the bridge, too. So a little, a little smushy luster with a P90 and a whammy bar. Ugly, but if I ever saw one, I'd be like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Um, and, and a pointy it's, headstock. It's weird too. to see the Kramer pointy headstock on like that Les Paul yeah. style. It was just. Ugh. A few, I've seen, you know, there've been a handful of those throughout the years and it just never really works for yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a bright red color or something. So I was like, no, it's just so eighties looking. So I don't even know. Can you, I mean, uh, what do I ask you to rank here? Like, or, or arbitrarily rate? You I'm going to rank my own, my your own, own version, ability, my own ability to yeah. explain what the fuck. Okay. I what's saw? your own arbitrary ranking of your own I ability mean, to here, explain Well, first this. of all, I want to see, you know, what I think would be better than a, than a, a, a doc would be like a biopic of, of this, like Ooh, a, a movie. Who would, who would play Billy Squire? Dude, I don't know. I mean, it'd be tough now. He, I'm picturing uh, Billy Crudup, but that's just because yeah. I picture him as it's somebody with like you gotta have like the real strong cheekbone face and like the long hair. Jason Lee and uh, yeah, I guess I'm just naming everybody. Fucking Machine Gun famous. Kelly or something Oof. like that. I don't know. But anyways, um, it was pretty good. I still think I'm still blown away by this whole video thing. One music video sank his career. Like, and and they talked about how like. How come his management like didn't say anything? Did anybody just get think- out ahead of it? Put out another video. Do something fucking different. He he literally. It, it's kind of like today when like Twitter tro- Twitter trolls or whoever can just like bury somebody, yeah. and he's they're just like, I'm just done. I'm I'm just gonna not exist anymore. And that's what he did. Look, I mean, the I'm guy, sure he made enough money where he could handle that. Yeah, too. I think he did just fine, even for the four years or whatever that he was famous. So uh, I give it seven out of ten strokes. Love that, but and I'm gonna like give you nine just because I know you're not gonna rate yourself that high and you deserve it. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, we will watch that video later because it is hilarious. Can't wait. Future gear time. Let's talk about some gear. We don't have any extra special stories to talk about today, except one sort of in that, uh, we actually have this could have gone in the symphony technically okay. because. Uh, we have a big old update to basically the point of last week's episode where we asked, "Oh yeah, where's Digitech? Where'd you guys go?" Well, it turns out they're back, baby. They were listening to us, I yeah, think. Yeah, because Court Guitars, their parent company, the Cortec Corporation, acquired both Digitech and DoD pedal brands from Harman Samsung just literally days after we went to, or maybe the same day as the episode came out. This, yeah. This past right. Week and then we, yeah, we saw the article like a couple days later after, or maybe the day it came out. Yeah. I think you're right. So let's fucking celebrate our, yeah. our we, we were worried that it was leaving and now a, a brand like I have no reason to think that court's going to fuck it up. I right? think, I mean, I've got a court uh, acoustic at my parents' house. That was somebody left it at our house in college. I just ended up keeping it. And um, it plays amazing, and it's it's a great guitar. I think they're great beginner to mid level 
instruments. Yeah. I hope that they don't change much. No, they're they're in fact their CEO in fact said made a comment talking about how since 1973 they've been this iconic brand in the guitar industry and deep they have deep admiration for the heritage and legacy of these products. We continue we look forward to continuing the manufacturing selling of the iconic products as well as investing in new features and products. So kind of I'm hoping it sort of seems like a best of both worlds scenario. Yeah. We're going to get to keep our our whammies and our rubber neck delays yep. and whatnot and our DOD 250s and they're going to keep making new cool Maybe stuff. Maybe they get some new some new ideas out there. So that's the interesting thing is I as I was reading about this I actually did a little bit more research and learned that I mean we talked about this last week that mm-hmm. Harman was purchased by Samsung sure. and they were kind of like shedding people. But I didn't know I didn't know this until recently. So at the time of all this going down, this guy called Tom Cram, who's the marketing manager, did an interview and he talked about how he had built this five year roadmap okay. for all future Digitech and DoD products. But we don't know if if that was ever being executed upon already, or if this is something that in the acquisition core tech has you know they've also bought this guy's plan and it seems like this guy i mean he was he was the brains behind basically bringing the brand back in the 2010s reviving dod he launched the trio freak out refine the whammy brought okay. out the ricochet That's drop great. lux so it seems like this guy knew what he should do with the brand i really hope that cortec has access to this guy's plan yeah uh what did i say his name was tom cram and uh they you know not that they don't have good ideas of their own but it sounds like he was onto something and i really hope he's an ideas guy yeah i like that man um another thing i learned okay cortec uh builds its own instruments under the court banner but they also produce instruments for others including ibanez squire manson you know like the overseas versions of the expensive british you know yeah manson whatever is that the uh the muse Muse, bellamy a brand and this one really surprised me prs including the recent se silver sky wow so court makes that guitar that's incredible i had had no no idea i had no no clue uh and this is their first jaunt into the pedal uh game so so they're physically making it but it's under the supervision of the company i would assume like squire has their own reps to be like hey this is how they, this is how they, they go in and check and yeah. they give them specs and right. you know all that sort of but stuff but the building is being it's done all overseen and uh, accomplished by yeah by core tech that's awesome man shout out to court dude have you ever yeah, played a court yeah. oh i've played some courts yeah i remember uh there was a a really nice court it was the Matt Guitar Murphy signature. Okay. And I don't remember who had it or where I came across it, but I remember playing that for a while at one point and being like, I like this guitar. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, nice, it was a, nice, a nice electric. I remember seeing a wacky, like, Strat-style court at, like, a flea market one time for, like, 80 bucks. Probably should have bought it. Probably should have. It was kind of cool. A couple other big things to mention here. Well, big depending on your perspective. I've got three more pieces of gear I want to talk about. And one of them, I don't know if you saw this, but this is, this is a pretty big deal. Pro Tools, Avid, the company who owns the Pro Tools brand and makes it now and such, is shifting Pro Tools entirely to a subscription. I thought they were. I mean, I'm not familiar. You can no longer just buy a license for Pro Tools. The only option to have Pro Tools anymore is to get one of their new three like three uh, tier plan, three tier plans uh, with the revamp subscription structure. Uh, apparently, all the tiers include two new virtual instruments, a drum machine and a sequencer. 
uh, and each also comes with uh, there's a free trial for each as well. Okay. What do you think about the this perpetual license versus subscription model? I don't like it. No. Um, that's part of the reason I bought Logic because it was a one time like two hundred dollar mm, okay. thing, and now I think I mean unless they change their model yeah. and I'm kind of signed up for it, but you know they have my info, so I guess they could do that. But um, yeah, I just paid for it, and then it's like I never and have to have think it. about it again. Um, it depends though. I think with the subscription stuff, the cool thing could be they could roll out plugins, they could roll out features and additions, right? Well, I mean, even if you like, I own my license of Ableton, and they update that shit all the time. Yeah, you know, so the, you don't yeah, need you, to be have a subscription. You don't pay a subscription for no, that either. Uh-uh. But I have paid to upgrade when they do like a giant new, yeah, like full full digit upgrade. Um, that I, I you know you pay like two hundred bucks. Or I something. mean, for me, I don't know. But hasn't Pro Tools always been pretty hardcore with like the lockdown on like oh iLock and yeah yeah all that stuff the for USB sure. thing and right exactly yeah right because I remember uh, John's old Pro Tools I mean he's like on like seven six or oh, seven old one mm-hmm. and he's just like yeah you got to like plug in this USB to use it and like if I take the USB home we can't even like turn it on yep. you know I don't know I mean that's that's better than like every month you're gonna charge me I feel like it's a money yeah grab. that's the other thing too now I think about it because. If like that computer is a great example, you don't connect it to the internet. So no. if you're on a subscription model, how do you, how does that computer know that your subscription is up to date? Yeah. It so has, you kind of almost have to connect to the internet. You have somehow? to be connected, which I know, I don't know. I, let me ask you about this. When you record, do you turn off your Wi-Fi? I do. I my, I have a nice enough computer where I used to yeah. be really worried about that sort of stuff. I go on uh, Do Not Disturb just for like you know just to like phone work. calls and yeah, shit workflow. Yeah, but um, no, I, I I leave it on. Yeah, I, but but I know I, a lot of people who if, don't. If I had a dedicated machine that was specifically only for studio use, then right. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, wouldn't have a Wi-Fi to. on right. for that. No. Uh, well, that's going to be the case, I that's think, one, for a lot of people. That's right. That's what yeah. I'm nervous about. That's so really interesting. So there's three tiers. Um, Pro Tools artists cost ten per month or a hundred per year. Uh, more, I think this is kind of more aimed at the like garage band crowd. Yeah, sure. You know, um, it's got a hundred plugins. Uh, you can do 32 audio tracks, 32 instrument tracks and 64 MIDI tracks, uh, record up to 16 sources simultaneously. Middle tier tier is pro tool studio. That's 40 a month or 300 a year, but that allows up to 512 tracks, which, I've never needed that many. <laughs> yeah, that's... you know, of course, if you're in some sort of like orchestra studio, sure, you do. But, yeah. um, but uh, that's also supports Dolby Atmos, which is becoming a big deal mm-hmm. for a lot of folks, uh, and surround sound as well. Um, uh, uh, Avid will transition current Pro Tools subscribers and per- perpetual license customers uh, with active plans to this plan. So this is going to be the one that I think most people are on. Mm-hmm. And then the top tier is called Flex. Um, which you get all that stuff plus Pro Tools Ultimate, uh, two thousand forty eight audio tracks, which is just good god hurts my brain, and two hundred and fifty six simultaneous recording inputs. Can you imagine trying to keep track of that? No, dude, I have a hard time with eight having having <laughs> having that many microphones. You know what I no, mean? Mm-mm. I, I think of that picture with the snare drum with all the mics around it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, it also includes uh, the SoundFlow Cloud Avid Edition workflow automation platform and much more. This one costs a hundred a month or a thousand a year. Okay. Uh, active Pro Tools Ultimate subscribers get moved to this one. 
So that's definitely going to be the like select, yeah, high end, most fancy, you know, like Skywalker sound and shit. Sure, maybe. sure. Even if they're if they're on Pro Tools, I don't even know. But is Pro Tools still like? I mean, they're not the industry standard anymore, are they? Oh, for sure, they definitely are. Yeah, but also because it's be- the whole world has figured out how to do or thinks they have figured out how to be able to mix music on their own, right. then of course that opens it up because then you got people working in Fruity Loops or FFL Studio or it's called, right. uh, Ableton, yep. Logic. I mean, I, I there's a lot of stuff that people use, but Pro Tools... But as far I, as like high-end I would say that there's no doubt studios, that that's still yeah. like the tracking mixing standard. Because I feel like everywhere I've recorded professionally where we've paid to go in, they've always had... It's usually a Pro Tools, Tools thing. Yeah. And part of that is just because like as a customer coming in, people expect to see Pro Tools. So... yeah studio stick with it weren't they kind of the first two of like the digital recording um they were among the first i think uh there were there were these it was called tracker these like tracker software programs okay. that predated pro tools like digital performer and there's like, i remember but early they refer pro to tools. it as like the pro tools era like from yeah. changing from like recording the tape to they like, got it really right yeah in the early on yeah but you can look at it like it and look at what Pro Tools one looks like. And it's oh, I know. Funny. Yeah, you they know? show it in uh, the Sound City documentary. Oh, yeah. When they're talking oh about God, when they went, that so they're long. like they switched to Pro Tools because that's what everyone's using. And they said it would take the it would take like an hour to bounce down a mix. Fun time. So you'd have to like leave and come back, go like, party oh, and come God, on back, dude, and then yeah. your mix. You then fuck, you're like, you it sounds the, really you good. You left all the plugins off, and you're like, oh fuck. Yep. Yep. Couple more things. I, I that was, was a big one, man. That, that was a big that's one. That's big news. Uh, this one is big news to me because I just like this company and we've interacted with them in the past. But Create Audio, makers of this here Nifty case, my yeah. Eurorack case, and some of these uh, modules, have come out with a handful of new pieces of, of kit. And the one that we're going to talk about is the one that I'm most excited about because it's called Nifty Keys. Okay. And Nifty Keys is a powered 112 HP Eurorack case with fully integrated keyboard controller so mm. basically imagine this thing built into a keyboard but a little bit bigger so you can create instead of having to like plug in a midi controller and go through all that it's, all it's just like all stuck in there but there's also more so it's 600 bucks which i think is just the right price for this piece of equipment 49 key keyboard you also get a bunch of modular connectivity built in that's not like you normally you would have to use a different euro rack module to accomplish this a lot of the stuff is already built in for you um it's also usb and a regular midi controller with built-in sequencer which is amazing and auto cord features and uh, it also uh, it's it's basically the idea is the ways that it's set up is that like a lot of like this I have this sort of setup as like a single voice mono kind of synthesizer. This thing is set up so you can actually it's kind of d- catered towards building a four voice polyphonic synth, which is kind of rare actually yeah. in the Eurorack world. So that's pretty amazing. Um, like I said, it's got auto chord, it's got glide, it's got swing, it's got multiple power outputs for maximum uh, flexibility with your Eurorack modules themselves. It also has CV outputs for aftertouch and velocity. So you can do some really like That's cool. super advanced just by just by pressing the keys a little harder, completely changing the sound of your synthesizer built yeah. into the thing. That's really cool. Uh, also two quarter inch which I think is huge because this one only has eighth inch uh, TS mono outputs with volume control. Great. And then, um, like I said, it's a USB MIDI connectivity. So you can plug Just it right plug to your right computers. Your monitors or, yeah, I love that, dude. I am stoked about it. In fact, to the point where I kind of think I'm just going to sell my case, like that, my current Eurorack case, and buy this. Right. And just have it all stuck together in one thing. Might as well. 
because I've, I've learned that I don't need a giant Euro rack, you know, as I have empty space in this like sort of small one. Sure. So uh, why not just have that connected to the keyboard that I can just play? Yeah. Right there. In any, do it. in any room. I, I think everyone else here listening to this dang podcast should too, because it, I mean, I can think of no easier entry point to the world of Eurorack synthesis than this, where it's just like, boom, everything's, all you gotta do is just stick a little thing in there. Yeah. And it's, let's be honest, like on that kind of synth, do you really need 61, 88 keys? I don't, I don't think so. You're probably sticking around either like bass or Seems to doing be some pads a popular or one. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm, I think they, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. That's really cool. Is that, out, is it out now or is it, you know, is it available for purchase? Oh God. Probably pre-order. It, it might be pre-order. Dang, I, I I I went out of my way to find the price. Didn't confirm that I could actually buy it right now. But yeah. I think it's it might be pre-order. It would, we'll, that would we'll, make sense. we'll update. It seems like we, most we like things, Create Audio. They've been nice to us in the yeah. past. We'll we'll update. We'll give them a nice. It seems like most things that come out like that when they make an announcement for something that innovative, it's going to be like get people excited first before they yeah. just. You know. But dude, that's the thing. I like. I don't. Maybe I'm sure it's bigger in like the, you know, very indie sort of uh, DIY Eurorack crowd but like I just like accidentally came across it I didn't even I didn't get a press release I didn't see anything like yeah. in, in any of the major trades about it so I hope that it gets picked up more because I think it's such a cool piece of gear and I think it's a good company too yeah, so absolutely we support y'all uh, finally we I've been meaning to talk about this one for a few weeks but it's been get pushed and pushed and pushed okay. but I have to talk about it because well first of all I love a good theremin who doesn't love a good theremin <laughs> Dave doesn't really love a good theremin, They're but I'll okay. tell you what. I've got, I've got a Moog theremin sitting in, on my thing right over there. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Dave. I've ha- I, So where I sit for like my work meetings, you can see that behind me. Okay. And I've just been waiting for someone to bring it up. And finally, in a, in a meeting with a bunch of people, someone noticed a dude it. was like, oh, my God, I don't care about what Henry's talking about what's up with that Moog theremin yeah. in the background. So it finally happened. That's cool. It, I mean, it looks like a little spaceship. It does. But I, I say all of this because based on the original Moog Etherwave circuitry and aesthetic designed by Bob, Bob Moog himself in 1996, there is now a new Moog theremin really? that has been unleashed on the world. Uh, yes. So what do they do? Well, let's see. They improved pretty much everything about it. Uh, it, it has improved precision. Uh, it's more portable, so it's a little bit smaller than the because of the big honker before. Yeah, uh, and, and they've improved improved the playability. They improved the bass response and stability in the lower registers, which really? was a huge oh, complaint it, it for those things. They get little wonkers, get yeah. little wacky bonkers back down there. So they've really worked on that to improve that part. Uh, they improve the antenna connection, so it's much more easy and quick to assemble. Yeah, uh, especially when you're playing live and whatnot. Uh, it's got a quick release mic stand adapter for attaching detaching instrument from mic stands, which was also a thing that it didn't have before. Uh, it's got mute, which is if you've ever had a theremin, uh, as I do, that mine doesn't have a mute, and it it's like so, dude. Out of nowhere. Yeah, when we would when you had it down there, but like in your kitchen, exactly, we'd walk by it, and it would just be like. Rear. I had it set up as a little <laughs> sort of like kind a, of a security device. A security device. Yeah, dude, why not? Uh, but here's the thing that I'm most excited about: it now has CV output integration. Uh, including gate out, pitch out, and volume out. So you can now connect it with other modular Euro rack and CV con- controlled instruments, such as all that fine Euro rack stuff that I was talking about before. So that now allows you to use your theremin as a controller, which I will say the theremin that I have already does have that feature. Mm-hmm. But the Etherwave theremin is, uh, that's digital like mine. The Etherwave theremin is an analog oh, okay. uh, synthesizer. So it, some people say, if you're into that sort of thing, that it does have a richer sort of sound. I couldn't possibly tell the difference. You know what's it's funny? Because I've always... I've I've always had theremins in groups and 
stuff that I've played with, you know, mm-hmm. going back to the jam band days and it was always kind of this wacky thing. Yeah. But to go on like YouTube and watch like a professional theremin player, it's impressive. It's shit. incredible. And there there are only a few sort of a generally accepted theremin masters and yeah. I think they're that it's either just one or but maybe it's all I think they're all women. Yeah. All theremin the ones masters I've seen were, are yeah. all women. Yeah, it's and fantastic. I, I, there's, there's, I wonder, someone should study that. But, uh, dude, it is, it's, I, it's also widely regarded as possibly the most difficult instrument to actually play and master. Yeah. Accurately. That's the other nice thing about mine is that it's got like some auto tune and scales and stuff built in. So you can kind of cheat the system. Oh, it does it? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. You can turn all that off, of course, and uh-huh. it's on like a gradient scale. But yeah, it's real, way better. When you to be dial like, it in, I'm can... playing this song in D minor. Yeah, I'm like going to put this thing in a D minor scale and just usable. sort of mostly lock me into that. But like, then you can do the woo. Yeah. Waivers in between if you want to. That's fun. So uh, I just, b- before we go, I mean, I've got to ask, what do you think this costs? What would you pay for? Well, I, well, I don't, actually, that's not a good question because you've established that you don't really like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, well, it would be something I would own and be like, I'm never going to use Moog, this. Moog, Etherwave. Yeah, the actual Moog brand. Moog, I mean, synthesizer. I bet they're going to be $12.99. Ooh, you're a little off your game today, bud. Yeah. You shot high. It's only $8.99. Okay. Yeah, it's in the Well, that's, digits. I always, you know, just to, you know, make people happy. You, you do. Yeah. yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you do but it. Yeah, tw- I, honestly, $12.99, probably, I would have, if I'd seen that, I would have been like, oh, that's a little expensive, but just been like, yep, that's yeah. Moog. But no, $8.99, that keeps it much more in the attainable realm of just like non professional thereminists you know what i mean right because even though this is an instrument that they would use theoretically it's still you know it isn't some like five figure sort of thing yeah because moog isn't like the inventor of the theremin it was like well theremin. leon theremin right. himself but is there what who is like the best brand of theremin is theremin a brand I, you know that's a great question the only know. ones that i've ever seen or used are moog yeah so i'm not i'm not positive and i've seen the ones that's on just that like game. the block of wood that's like yeah the, those are kind of like the original mode in, in, including the ether wave that this is built on this one is a little more sort of like futuristic looking and yeah. stuff it has a couple more sort of like doodads and bobbins i feel like they should come up with a moog where it's like they've combined it with like another instrument in a way where you can kind of do the moog thing like the theremin thing i mean the theremin thing yeah sorry so come come up with the theremin where you can combine some other type of you know like a physical instrument with it whether it's like a dude that's kind of the thing with this too is drum like pad or something you, you it has cv output so in yeah. theory whatever you can connect to control voltage you can control with it. that's now. fantastic so it yeah. isn't technically built into your point but also it's just you know a couple couple of cables away yeah yeah which is pretty dang cool I've actually connected mine to connect to, to control some synthesizer stuff before. It's pretty awesome to like have it also controlling, for instance, like the filter cutoff on a synthesizer. Sure. So it like does a yeah stuff. So and it just has a, a totally of, different approach than like hitting keys. It's yeah, like it's that. yeah because yeah, you're in this sort of fretless strange world. space. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of fretless. Yeah, in a way. Oh man, I wish I could remember. There was I watched something that had. I had some solid fretless in it recently and I meant to send some fretless bass going on. Yeah. I can't remember what it was now, but it was a song. It, it, the thing that stuck out to me about it was, it was a song that it was like a big hit and I'd never thought that it would have even had fretless bass, but like in the live video for it, the yeah. dude was like rocking a fretless. Really? Like, God, I wish I could remember what it was, but I have it's, no a, it's always impressive to me when there's some children, uh, children's doing children something. are afoot. Um, yeah, I was thinking about, uh, shit. No, I just Why do they have umbrellas? Is it raining? It must be raining. Dude, oh. it's been raining every Friday when I come over here. Perfect. It's crazy. Yeah. Maybe it's cozy, though. I kind of like it. Yeah, maybe we can cuddle. Um, Drink some cocoa. So that'd be nice. Um, 
Damn it, I was going to say something. Oh, that's always impressive. Kind of kind of off the topic a little bit, but I saw our boy playing his, the Hydra guitar on Instagram. Oh, I've been seeing a lot of actual footage and I'm like, playing, dude, where he's slapping. He goes, but like I couldn't like I admittedly I was listening on my phone speaker, but like I couldn't quite hear all the stuff that he was actually doing, but it looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's I mean, he just it's like he's invented a new like way to play an instrument. It's so and he's using all of them and all the lights are on and shit. And he's got like a bandana. And oh he's, yeah, yeah. I love, I love Steve. I've really come. I, not that I've ever like disliked Steve yeah. I, but man, I will go to bat for that guy. I always I liked him rules. in interviews and shit. Yeah, yeah right. He's he just seems like, like the cool, a cool guy. And my first Nam, I didn't, you know, get to like say hi to him or anything, but we made eye contact from like a few feet away, and he kind of gave me a little nod, and I was like, nice. okay, like he didn't have to do that. He oh, was yeah, like kind of nice. So, my friend, that brings us to the end. Of Is this, that it? Of this show. That's it all like I a got, short one today. It did feel like a short one, but it's been a it's been a long week, and okay. that usually leads to. I mean, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, this, I even had some other ideas that we didn't get to. I have this new segment idea. I'll I'll just ah. tease right now. Uh, two potential idea names for it: uh, Nope or Dope or uh, Buck or Sucks. Okay. Uh, I like that. Compa- I like the direction. Where comp- I, I, that's all I got with it, though. Great. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, that was it. There was a couple other pieces of gear that came out this week. Nothing that was like, that exciting. I did see that PRS came out with a, a new uh, West Borland from Limp Bizkit signature four string guitar. Really? Which is sort of like because he's always played those weird four strings yeah. like that. I think Ibanez made him originally. Uh, now PRS themselves made it, and uh, some people think it looks sick. Some people think thinks it looks real dumb. It's, is it like a tenor? It's a it's sort of in between a guitar and a bass. It's a longer scale. Oh, okay. Uh, but it has some bass strings and some guitar strings on That's it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he's, he's used that since shit. the early days of, of, uh, of the biscuit. Yeah, but I think he would play it like you know a six string and just take two of the strings off. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's like F sharp, F sharp, A, E, or something. There was another signature that was on the the I saw earlier. Reverend's coming out with a new signature. Oh, or uh, Billy Corgi's. Billy Corgan's Billy signature. Corgi's. That's yeah. kind of crazy. You know, he already had it. He already has a Reverend signature. It's just a new version of that. Okay. With, uh, it's like a semi-hollow version of it. Okay. And I did see that right before crunch time here, and I was kind of kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, it's you know what? We can brush over it. We can brush. I I didn't. I don't have any details, but yeah. I do know that it exists. So if you're if you're a, a big old pumpkin fan. Or a Reverend semi hollow. Reverend does make some cool. Reverend guitars. makes some awesome guitars. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe go check out that new Billy Corgi signature model. And you know what? We're at the end of the episode, and there's a thing that we always say, and that is, uh, if you've made it this far into the end of the episode, first of all, thank you, thank you, because we love you, and we're thankful for that. But also, why don't you go make some music?